province has released new numbers on COVID cases, 260 new cases today, bringing the total number in the province up to uh, 1,966. We are hearing remarkable stories from people that are frontline workers, people that are helping frontline workers. And I love this story. The Ontario legislature has suspended its uh, sessions temporarily, the spring session amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. And Mississauga MPP Natalia Kuzindova has decided that she is going to try and help alleviate the burden of her colleagues and assist them with the fight of COVID-19. She's heading back to her former profession as a registered nurse, and she's going back to her roots at the Etobicoke General Hospital. She joins the program right now. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for being here. So how difficult of a decision was this for you to make? Well, it was a very easy decision. You know, I I think we all have a moral obligation uh, to do our very best and to utilize our skills to help in the uh, fight against COVID. And so for me, it was a very easy decision when I heard the call for retired nurses and non-practicing nurses to return back to the front lines. I I called my hospital and uh, I booked some shifts. The uh, emergency room is one of the places that, you know, you'll see people come in that are questioning, do I have COVID or not? You know, we're not recommending they go there. But um, talk about the, you know, the change amidst the pandemic in the ER and if it was, you know, shocking to you. Were you prepared for it? Well, absolutely. There were uh, some big changes. My first day when I came in onto my shift, uh, right away I was redirected by staff at the door uh, to go to a separate entrance uh, for staff. So hospitals are taking all precautions to ensure that hospital staff are safe. And so we have a separate entrance through the basement uh, where we are greeted by uh, two security guards. We, We have to wash our hands. We are given our masks. And we are asked questions, screening questions, whether we have symptoms or travel history. And only once we answer those questions, we are allowed to enter uh, the emergency room. We also have uh, a strict no visitor policy. Uh, So uh, for all patients going into the hospital, unless they are a child or uh, an elderly, uh, they are not allowed to have any any visitors, which actually decreases uh, the physical number of people that are in the emergency room. So, um, you know, that that in itself decreases the risk. Of course, we have a very strict COVID screening uh, procedure. And so for patients who are identified uh, who may be uh, at risk of COVID, they are actually brought in through a separate entrance, through the back, into a um, very strict isolation unit. So all these things, you know, um, I had to learn about the proper protocols and procedures. So I'm glad I came in early so then I can learn the Mm -hmm. protocols before, you know, the situation gets uh, a little bit heavier as we're expecting uh, that to happen in the next uh, few weeks. I understand that people that want to, that haven't nursed or you know been in nursing or in uh, in some capacity of of uh, frontline healthcare work in three years uh, they won't be able to uh, get back into it. But uh, obviously it's it's been you're within the time frame. You were part of this uh, protected code blue simulation. You had to take part in in order to get up to speed. What what do you learn? Yes, so I think it was a great initiative by the leadership of William Osler here in the ER. Dr. Hans Latarik and his colleagues uh, put in, um, you know, put together a simulation for protected code blue, meaning, uh, you know, any patients that are coming in with symptomology, we're assuming they have COVID. And so it's really important uh, in those situations because, you know, when we're doing CPR or we're doing intubation, uh, you know, 
people get nervous and things are happening very quickly. So it's really important to practice these procedures, uh, safe donning and doffing of PPE, personal protective equipment, um, in a safe space when we can make mistakes and we can um, you know, correct those mistakes before we actually have to do them in real life. And so what was great about the simulation is that we were divided into teams and we were able to watch through video and another team perform the, uh, the simulation and then give each other feedback. And again, it's a safe environment. There are no stupid questions and we can practice and we can correct so that when the situation actually arises that we're taking care of a COVID suspected patient, uh, you know, that muscle memory will come back and we will be more successful and avoid the risk. All right. You're not just a registered nurse. You're also an MPP. So this work in the ER, what is this giving you an opportunity to share with your bosses? Not not in the hospital setting, but in uh, politics. Yeah, great question. So I actually had a call with Minister Elliott just minutes ago uh, to give her a little bit of feedback of what's happening in the front lines and some some suggestions. Uh, so I think, you know, I see myself as the voice for nurses uh, within our legislature. Um, and um, I think it's great that, that that feedback does exist. And, uh, you know, both Premier and Minister have been very open-minded, always taking my calls uh, and considering my suggestions. So uh, I think it's a win-win situation for both our government and for, uh, you know, the frontline workers. Can you give us a quick idea, because we're waiting for the Prime Minister to uh, give his daily address, of uh, one of your suggestions that the government heard? Uh, well, I mean, uh, on the issue of PPE and procurement, uh, you know, we, we know that the global supply chain uh, is, is strained, and so we're doing everything we can to manage locally. So a lot of local businesses have stepped up, and I've actually provided a prototype to the Premier yesterday for a face shield that can be, uh, you know, produced locally by a print shop here in Mississauga. And so I know that he took that prototype to the command table and they are looking at it to, to see if they can speed up, uh, you know, the re- regulatory approvals to get this face shield approved and produced locally so that our local healthcare workers have access to it before we get, you know, um, the supplies that we're also waiting uh, for. We're finding out today that our minister is going to announce that schools will stay closed, the education minister, until at least May 1st today. Um why is this the right decision Decision coming from, you know, you wearing both hats now, not only as an MPP, but also as a registered nurse working in the ER in the midst of COVID? Well, you know, as we're looking at the numbers coming through Europe and coming through the rest of the world, I think this is the most prudent decision that uh, we can take on behalf of our students. You know, uh, we, we want to make sure that they are safe and protected when they return back to school. And uh, right now we have to make every effort to flatten that curve. Um, you know, our numbers are encouraging, but it is not time now to, you know, sit on our laurels or to get complacent. complacent. Uh, so I, I think this was the right decision um, because if we open the schools, you know, we, we, we would be putting uh, students at risk right now and our educators. And so right now we just have to focus really on continuing social isolation and physical distancing. And that includes keeping institutions such as schools closed. I want to thank you for your time today, Natalia. You're serving your constituents in ways that I'm sure that you did not imagine, uh, you know, a couple of months ago, and they had no idea that you'd be serving them in, in, but the capacity is absolutely welcome and appreciated. Thank you very much. Pass on our appreciation to your colleagues today. I certainly will. Thank you very much. And just a reminder, everyone, practice good hand hygiene.